Forces of evil, the globalist, the deep state, the cabal, the technocracy, the corrupt media want to divide and conquer us all. Freedom-loving patriots, MAGAs, and those clinging to their guns and Bibles. I'm your host, Becca Marie, along with Stella Padilla, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. We are proudly unindoctrinated and wide awake. I'd like for you to check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can click on the radio replay link, and you can listen to playbacks of any of our previous shows. And also check out the resource page. You can also get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Want to send us questions and comments? Email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. And now, if you're not already watching and listening us to us live, you can listen and li- listen and watch the live stream of this show every Friday morning, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, complete with a call-in line so you can join the conversation. That phone number is 505-444-5059. To get there, all you have to do is go to the freedomspeaknm.com website and click on the Rumble link. And also today, I'd like to announce we added a new feature to the show. Uh, now we are we're, we're we're streaming live. If you're watching us on Friday, on <clears throat> Twitter, Rumble, and Facebook, and I'm monitoring the chat on all three of those platforms simultaneously. So if you send a chat, um, I will see it right when you send it. Stella, you want to say hi? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I love the weather today, don't you? Oh, rainy. No, oh, I like it, but it's not good for the bones. No, it's not. It, it kind of those of us old people, it makes our th- arthritis kind of flare up yeah. a little bit, doesn't I, it? I refuse to talk about old people. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been thinking a lot about uh, the media, the the fourth estate, and and I, I talked to a good friend of mine the other day, and uh, she had uh, never heard of what the fourth estate is, so. It seems these days that the legacy news media is more often referred to with terms such as fake news, state-run media, left-wing or right-wing. Aren't news outlets supposed to be simply reporting the unvarnished truth regardless of who it might hurt or benefit? You might have heard of the press being referred to with the term the fourth estate. Now, according to Merriam-Webster, the term fourth estate has been around for centuries in Europe, uh, going back to medieval times. The people who participated in the political life of a country were generally divided into three classes or estates. In England, they were the three groups with representation in Parliament, namely the nobility, the clergy, and the common people. Some other group, like the mob or the public press, I like that, the mob, that had an unofficial but often great influence on public affairs was called the Fourth Estate. In the 19th century, the term the Fourth Estate came to refer to exclusively to the press, and now it is applied to all branches of the news media. Journalism is supposed to be tied to a set of ethical standards and values, including truth and accuracy, fairness and impartiality, and accountability. Unfortunately, so-called journalism today no longer, no longer seems to be very concerned with objective facts and instead tends to lean towards the personal bias and pol- politics of the person doing the reporting. I'd like to talk about the forms of bias that contaminate the news we receive and result in the truth being distorted, stories being buried, or even us being told outright lies, all to satisfy the opinions of the reporter. 
according to an article I found uh, at allsides.com, they identified 16 different types of bias that influence the news that we hear. These various types of bias include spin. Now, you might have heard that one. I remember Bill O'Reilly used to say he was the no-spin zone. A great example of spin is how Business Insider reacted to a tweet by, the pres- by President Trump when he stated, Fake news and bad journalism have caused a big downturn. Sadly, many others will follow the people want the truth. Well, we do want the truth. Ironically, Business Insider wrote an article referring to this tweet using exactly the kind of bad journalism he mentioned when he stated, President Donald Trump gloated over mass layoffs at multiple news outlets on Saturday, tweeting that many others will follow and attributed the loss to fake news. Notice the use of the word gloated in this response by the Business Insider. So can you see how they took President Trump's tweet and they twisted it all around? And if that's all you heard and you didn't actually see the original tweet, you'd probably think something completely different. We see this sort of stuff all the time. That's why I'm always saying do your own research. Unsubstantiated claims. Journalists sometimes make claims in their reporting without including evidence to back them up. This can occur in the headline of an article or in the body. Statements that appear to be fact but do not include specific evidence are a key indication of this type of media bias. Now, what I do whenever I'm talking about something on this show, I have several, well, I have quite a few pages of notes, which I do some research uh, over the course of several days and probably spend a good 10 hours or so reading and researching. And I even share this information with my guests and I share it with Stella too. And, and then after I post the show, I post the show notes, too, so that you can look in the notes, you can do some research, you can be the judge. Sometimes websites or media outlets publish stories that are completely made up. And that's going to be a real problem, especially with AI coming up, uh, in which they're going to be able to do deep fakes with, you know, fake images of people uh, replicating their voice, you know, kind of like the, the Joe Rogan example I did uh, a while back in which I showed you it. You couldn't tell it wasn't Joe Rogan. Remember how news outlets were reporting the 2020 election was the most secure in American history? Reporters were told this by certain officials in the government, and almost every news outlet parroted this statement without question. What facts are there to actually substantiate this claim? There aren't any. Then there's opinion statements presented as facts. Sometimes journalists use subjective language or statements under the guise of reporting objectively. Even when a media outlet presents an article as a factual and objective news piece, it may employ subjective statements or language. A subjective statement is one that is based on personal opinions, assumptions, beliefs, tastes, preferences, or interpretations. It reflects how the writer views reality, what they presuppose to be the truth. It is a statement colored by their specific perspective or lens and cannot be verified using concrete facts and figures within the article. There are objective modifiers. Blue, old, single-handedly, statistically, domestic, for which the meaning can be verified. On the other hand, there are subjective modifiers. Suspicious, dangerous, extreme, dismissively, apparently which are a matter of interpretation. An example of this is an article from SF Gate that I read in which it stated, Twitter banned or suspected several high-profile journalists Thursday evening, a move that further reveals the seemingly arbitrary decision-making of Elon Musk, a self-avowed free speech absolutionist. Seemingly arbitrary is an opinion of the writer. Then there's sensationalism, emotionalism. Oh, my God, the, the, the left, the liberals, the Democrats, they are so good with emotionalism. Oh, my, it's all about, it's all about how I feel. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with the facts most of the time. 
Sensationalism is a type of media bias in which information is presented in a way that gives a shock or makes a deep impression. Often it gives readers a false sense of culmination that all previous reporting has led to this ultimate story. Sensationalist language is often dramatic, yet vague. It often involves hyperbole at the expense of accuracy, or warping reality to mislead or provoke a strong reaction in the reader. Is anybody but me sick of everything being referred to as breaking news or bombshells? Everything's a bombshell nowadays. I'd I'd say we've been completely bombed out at this point. These words now have about as much impact as calling someone a racist. Then there's mudslinging, an ad hominem. Mudslinging. We see, we see a lot of that. Mudslinging is a type of media bias when unfair or insulting things are said about someone in order to damage their reputation. Similarly, ad hominem attacks are attacks on a person's motive or character traits instead of the content of their argument or idea. You know, one thing I learned in college, uh, I went to school for engineering And I had a class on critical thinking. And one thing that we learned is that you need to listen to the content of what the person is presenting, Um, not necessarily just who's presenting it, because anybody can present some good facts that are interesting to hear. I listen to stuff all over the place. And you got you got to be you got to be able to critical think to see to figure out what is fact and what's opinion. An example is how The Economist referred to Ben Shapiro as an alt-right sage. Also, so often these days, it's hard for someone to get a fair trial because they will be found guilty in the court of public opinion before their case is even heard. You know, like this Marine that uh, helped the people in the subway in New York. I I think they're probably going to send that guy to jail for a lot of years. That's what I think. The media is ab- the liberal media is absolutely destroying him. Here's my favorite one: mind reading. <laughs> mind reading is a type of media bias that occurs in journalism where the writer assumes they know what another person thinks or thinks that the way they see the world reflects the way the world really is. An example of this is a statement made by CNN when they stated that Donald Trump's hatred of looking foolish and Democrats' conviction that they have a winning hand is leaving the president with no way out of the stalemate over his border wall. Maybe this journalist should get a job working for the psychic hotline rather than working for a news organization. Slant is a type of media bias that describes when journalists tell only the part of the story or when they highlight, focus on, or play up one particular angle or piece of information. It can include cherry-picking information or data to support one side or ignoring another perspective. Slant prevents readers from getting the full story and narrows the scope of our understanding. This really plays into that thing I mentioned earlier when I mentioned left-wing and right-wing news sources. Why do we have left-wing and right-wing news sources? Why don't we just have news sources that tell the truth? You're going to get a slant to promote a conservative or liberal viewpoint rather than to just present the facts and let the consumer decide. Flawed logic. Flawed logic or faulty reasoning is a way to misrepresent people's opinions or to arrive at conclusions that are not justified by the given evidence. Flawed uh, logic can involve jumping to conclusions or arriving at a conclusion that doesn't follow from the premise. This one reminds me of how there was this debate over whether health care is a right. In other words, in my opinion, this asks the question, should one person be forced by the government to pay for someone else's medical insurance? You know my opinion on that. Now, I like analogies. I often share information using analogies so that it can relate to you from a common point of reference. But in this situation, there was a terrible analogy being used to justify this claim. I I just love this. I'm sure you guys heard this. There was an analogy being used that there are laws that you have to wear a seatbelt. So shouldn't you be made to buy medical insurance? How do those two... How are those two things the same? I don't, I don't know. Bias by omission. I call it lying by omission. 
Bias by omission is a type of media bias in which media outlets choose not to cover certain stories, omit information that would support an alternative viewpoint, or omit voices and perspectives on the other side. This is an easy one. How about how liberal news outlets would not talk about the Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election? Or even better, how about how all the thousands of medical professionals around the world that were speaking out about the dangers of the COVID-19 shot? So many people took this dangerous shot without being informed because the dissenting voices were being suppressed, censored, blocked, doxxed. Now the trust is out there, uh, the truth is out there. After the damage has already been done, and many lives have been ruined with adverse reactions, some of them very serious. And by the way, you know, I was watching, I, I like watching Newsmax, but you know, one thing that really makes me question Newsmax is they're still running clot shot commercials, trying to push the clot shot. When it has already been proven, it's out there, numerous places around the world have banned the COVID-19 shot, and J&J even stopped producing it. They're just trying to just, you know, slink away and disappear under a rock somewhere and hope nobody will notice how many people they've hurt. So I don't know. I kind of trust their credibility in that, in, because of that. A mission of source attribution, attribution. A mission of source attribution is when a journalist does not back up their claims by linking to the source of that information. An informative, balanced article should provide the background or context of a story, including naming sources. I believe stating your source is an important part of backing up your your statement, as well as giving the reader a chance to do further research, just like I do. I give you the links to the stuff I'm reading. The common thing you'll hear are statements that refer to anonymous sources or critics, or they'll mention critics, but they don't mention the names. Who are these critics? I don't know. Biased by story choice and placement? You know, they'll take a story. Um, this is easy. I was watching, I remember a while back, I was watching an episode of Bar Rescue. I, I, I love that show, John Taffer. I mean, he just lays into these people because they're doing stupid things. And... But I remember he was talking to somebody one day about uh, their menu, and it's like, well, you know, you got your items here that you really want to sell, but they're way down in the menu here, and it's like they're not highlighted. They're not going to get people's attention. But see, news outlets do the same thing. The, the, the things that they want you to believe, the things that they want you to see, they're going to make those, they're going to make those front and center so that you pay attention to those. And, and they might be reporting the other stuff, but they're burying it somewhere way back in, you know, way down somewhere in the paper or, or the article, whatever. Subjective qualifying adge- adjectives. Journalists can re- reveal bias when they include subjective qualifying adge- adjectives in front of specific words or phrases. Qualifying adjectives are words that characterize or attribute specific properties to a noun. When a journalist uses qualifying adjectives, they are suggesting a way for you to think about or interpret the issue instead of just giving you the facts and letting you make judgments for yourself. This can manipulate your v- view. Subjective qualifiers are closely related to spin words and phrases because they, object, they obscure the objective truth and insert subjectivity. For example, a journalist who, writes, journalist who writes that a politician made a serious allegation is interpreting the weight of that allegation for you. An unbiased piece of writing would simply tell you what the allegation is and allow you to make your own judgment call as to whether it is serious or not. This is okay if it's qualified as an opinion. I often say things, and I will qualify them. So, well, in my opinion, you know, I have a lot of opinions, opinions about a lot of things. Word choice. Words and phrases are loaded with political implications. The words or phrases a media outlet uses can reveal their perspective or ideologies. Liberals and conservatives often strongly disagree about the best way to describe hot-button issues. For example, a liberal journalist who favors abortion across access may call it reproductive health care or refer to supporters as pro-choice. Well, we know that 
they're full of a lot of BS on the pro-choice thing. We know that they don't really believe in pro-choice because I remember I was ticking a lot of people off when we were out protesting the, the clot shot and the mass mandates and stuff like that. And, and I, I took away their phrase and said, my body, my choice. Oh, my God, they got upset with me. Oh, these people were cursing at me. They were so mad because I was mocking them and making fun of them because they don't really believe in pro-choice. They don't really believe in you having control over your own body. Meanwhile, a conservative journalist would likely not use these terms. To them, this language softens, softens an immoral or unjustifiable act. Instead, they may call people who favor abortion access pro-abortion rather than pro-choice. Pro-abortion is what it is. Negative, negativity bias refers to a type of bias in which reporters emphasize bad or negative news or frame events in a negative light. light. If it bleeds, it leads is a commonly believed policy the media uses to get more viewers. And that reminds me, remember that song, Dirty Laundry? And it's like <laughs> the bubble-headed bleach blonde comes out at five and talks about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. That's, 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 the, way the, news, that's the way the news is. They, they like death and destruction. I mean, it, it, it's, they're, they're shooting for ratings. They're businesses, after all. Photo bias is another one. You know, you'll, you'll have, like, if you ever had somebody take a picture of you and it's like you weren't ready for it and you have this really weird look on your face or you look like you're asleep or, or anything, so you need to delete that picture right now. Well, what they'll do is they'll find people, they'll take a really, really unflattering picture of them, and then they'll post it in the article. Like, it looks like they're really mean and angry. And yeah, I've seen him take some pictures of Trump that way, too. We would do it all the time. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he's like really into a speech, you know, mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, it's like when they take pictures, just the right moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this guy, he's just angry and mean. <laughs> <laughs> Elite versus populist bias. It's so when journalists defer to the beliefs, viewpoints, and perspectives of people who are part of society's most prestigious credentialed institutions, such as academic institutions, government agency, business executives, or nonprofit organizations. Well, you know, these people have earned the criticism that they're getting now. Big Pharma, uh, Fauci, all of these people, they're evil. That's my opinion, but I think it's true. What do you think? Is that your opinion too, Stella? Absolutely. I think they're just in it for the money. Yeah, they are. They don't care. They That's don't care. It's just yeah, money. It's about money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, in conclusion, I'd like to say everyone is biased. It's part of human nature to have perspectives, preferences, and prejudices. But sometimes bias, especially media bias, can become invisible to us. Now, when the bias becomes invisible to you, like if you just sit there all day long and all you watch is CNN or MSDNC and, and all you do is watch that and that's the only news that you believe that there is, well, then you don't see the bias. We're all biased towards things that show us in the right. We're biased towards information that confirms our existing beliefs. We're biased towards the people or information that support us, makes us look good, and affirms our judgments and virtues. And we are biased towards the more moral choice of action, at least that which seems moral to the person that's watching or reading. The point I'm making here is that you need to do a little research. You need to be a better critical thinker on your own, and really listen to the words that they are saying. You know, I remember when Barack Obama was running for the first time around, and I listened to his very first speech that I heard. It's like, wow, that guy's awesome. You know, I listened to the speech he did. But I was, ca I was captivated by the way he was saying the words. Now, I heard Adolf Hitler was a pretty good speaker, too. He influenced a whole lot of people to do a lot of things. We saw how that went. Yeah. But, you know, I, so after, you know, I'm a critical thinker and I'm thinking, wow, it's like, why am I so blown away by that speech he just made? So I listened to it again, more critically thinking and listening to the words. And then after I listened to it the second time around, it's like, wow, this guy's a communist. <laughs> it's like he says it so well. I remember a movie I saw where I can't remember what it was now, but but it was it, he was watching Adolf Hitler speak, and you know Adolf Hitler's up there speaking, giving this passionate speech, and it's like he says, I don't know what he's saying, but he's saying it very well, very convincing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so be better critical thinkers, people. 
That's no. the message I want to give you today. Yes, you know, I keep thinking about reporters now and uh, how they display their version of the news. And I think of who was the last really uh, critical thinker, well, not critical thinker, but a person that just said the news and wasn't partial to either side was like Walter Cronkite. Uh-huh. He would just look right into the camera, tell you exactly what was happening, whatever, and let you, and he would even say, you make up your own mind. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, how it ought to be. But he told you what it what it was going on, but you make up your own mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And which who does that now? Who does that now? Nobody. Um, well, Fox News used to do that, mm, but now to. Fox News has gone kind of woke, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. So we've got uh, in in the studio with us today. We've got Paul Guessings as our guest today, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul, tell introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I run a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization here in New Mexico that deals with economic public policies, predominantly at the legislature, also at the local government level. Uh, we try to make New Mexico a good state in the sense that it can compete with the neighboring states that are generally doing things much better than we are on especially economic and education policy issues, bringing choice to education, bringing some kind of accountability to the education system, as well as uh, making sure that New Mexico isn't just a, a state that relies wholly on the oil and gas industry and the federal government that pumps money into the state. So uh, we're RioGrandeFoundation.org. Our regularly updated blog is at errorsofenchantment.com. I tell people I would like to someday call it successes of enchantment, but we don't tend to elect people who understand basic economics, and uh, they're the ultimate apathy. Uh, They don't know and they don't care uh, about getting our economy up to snuff. Totally agree. I like that errors and enchantment. That's good. I think that they know. They know, but they don't care, is what I think. Well, it's really up to the voters and the people uh, out there like us who need to hold them accountable, and it ultimately is a numbers game because that's the way voting works. And Sadly, we've never had the numbers in New Mexico, at least for a very, very long time, to elect people that uh, can enact public policies that work for the state. Uh, It's been a one-party state for uh, most of its existence, nearly 100 years. I think a lot of that has to do with kind of what I talked about in the opening monologue about people believing bias and just uh, getting their information from maybe one source. And they've been receiving it from one source for so long that they believe anything they're told. And these same people that they keep voting into office are destroying our state. Yeah, the media uh, are something that we deal with very regularly at the Rio Grande Foundation. Certainly... uh we would love to see them take a more systemic approach to understanding why it is that New Mexico suffers from the problems it has and uh, analyzing those. But you're right. Uh, if it bleeds, it leads. And so yeah. they're constantly focusing on the latest specific issue, not looking at the broader underlying Paul, issues. we're going to have to take a break, and we're going to get into this a lot more. We're also going to be talking about, uh, in the next segment, the about the Durham report and all things that relate to the Biden crime family. So we'll be right back. a trailer to haul something around check out my friends at jp trailer sales they've been doing business in albuquerque for seven years whether you're hauling cars landscaping equipment dirt or your favorite off-road toys jp trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs they have open trailers enclosed trailers and can even do special orders you'll always receive great friendly customer service and no appointment is ever needed Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? 
Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started. Would you like to move on from being a keyboard warrior to owning your own media? I'm Floyd Cisco with Spoken Words in New Mexico. I can take your event to the next level by providing cameras, microphones, video switchers, and other hardware to turn your event into a professional production. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you at rumble.com slash spoken words New Mexico. To get started, send me an email at spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Again, that's spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. To Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with our guest Paul Guessings. Talking a little bit about in the first segment, talking about bias in the news media. And um, y'all have to be better listeners, better critical thinkers. I would suggest getting your news from multiple outlets. I I don't really get a lot of my news from watching cable news. Um, I get a little bit. I'll turn on like... Um, you know, and I'm guilty of wanting to listen to news sources that are less annoying to me. Um, I'll listen to Newsmax or OAN for a little bit in the morning, and it kind of kind of piques my interest on certain topics, and then I dig in and do my own research, a lot of it through the Internet, through multiple sources. And if you, uh, if you look at my notes, you'll see that I get stuff from all over the place. Heck, I get stuff from the New York Times and everything. I get it all over the place. So anyway, uh, Paul, you did I cut you off there on that last segment? Were you in the middle of a thought that you wanted to share? Uh, not specifically, uh, but we work statewide with the legislature. The legislative session that we had this year was the 60-day session. Uh, the session began in mid-January and ended in mid-March. Uh, the governor, uh, Lujan Grisham, then had a veto and signing period that lasted a few weeks. Uh, And these policies will be uh, largely implemented over the summer. Uh, Usually July 1st is when various uh, bills that take effect. uh, That starts 
but uh, yeah, we we tried to minimize the insanity in Santa Fe and maximize your freedom. Uh, it's a challenge because again, the voters keep putting people up there who don't have your freedom and your liberty in mind, and uh, it's tougher to fight against people who don't understand uh, and don't care about your freedom than it is to work with those people and sometimes have to work against them because nobody's perfect. Nobody has your freedom in mind, certainly not a politician 100% of the time, but uh, we really uh, outdone ourselves in New Mexico and not just recently, but for years and years and years. And it's gotten, it's gotten worse. I've been doing it for 17 years now with the Rio Grande Foundation, trying to defend freedom in New Mexico and, uh, you know, Bill Richardson's not a name that inspires great confidence among conservative free market types, but uh, he's light years better than Luhan Grisham. And so we... I would have him back in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, in fact, he repeatedly admonished this governor uh, on the pages of the Albuquerque Journal once uh, on the issue of uh, the, the lockdowns and her very, very aggressive... Uh, taking of your freedoms during the COVID pandemic in ways that I don't think anybody envisioned before that whole situation took effect. Uh, this governor was definitely among the very most aggressive in taking away your, your freedoms, closing up businesses, keeping kids out of school. And Bill Richardson took her to task for that. Uh, the other thing is uh, in this particular session, so uh, right, right recently, uh, there was a tax proposal. And this state has a lot of money flowing in because of the oil and gas industry. We had a $3.6 billion budget surplus in a single year. 42% of our our general fund budget, uh, we had a surplus of. That's a huge figure. And uh, there were still serious efforts underway to raise taxes during this legislative session. And not just one or two taxes, but several taxes. Uh, Richardson said, don't do that. That's a bad idea. The governor actually seems to have heeded his calls. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, this was low hanging fruit. I mean, you're, you have a $3.6 billion budget surplus. You shouldn't be raising taxes. Even moderates and liberal Democrats would generally agree with that. And the governor ultimately did veto most of those ta- all the tax increases. Uh, she vetoed a lot of the bill uh, that was a tax bill, uh, upset members of her own party, uh, interestingly enough, who want to see some of the, the pork flow in, the mandates, electric mm-hmm. vehicles, all those kinds of things. They want to see those subsidized. But it, it wound up being a very, very odd session where uh, we didn't see Basic things that I thought were simple policies that she could have done to improve our state, but uh, things that could have been worse didn't get much worse. So, so tell me, Paul, do you think that I, I, I often say that I believe these Democrat politicians, they're all walking in lockstep. Do you think that Lujan Grisham is pretty much walking in lockstep with the federal government and the rest of the Democrats and the Democrat establishment uh, to accomplish their collective goals? Do you think that's the case? So she definitely has a lot of opinions and thoughts in line with Joe Biden and a lot of the other far left governors. And, uh, you know, Biden, certainly, obviously, he's a federal official, president of the United States. Uh, I look at Lujan Grisham, though, as more in line with people like uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, and other left-wing governors uh, across the country. But Gavin Newsom, really, California is her model. Of course, Gavin Newsom is being mentioned, uh, has been. Uh, I think we all agree that Biden's going to run again, uh, but Gavin Newsom is among the Errors apparent for the Democratic uh, Party uh, when and if Biden leaves the public stage. But uh, this session in New Mexico, uh, the message did not filter down to the rank and file Democrat legislators for better and for worse. Partially, that's because the governor ran for reelection and really ran on two basic things, fear of Donald Trump and abortion. She didn't run on any economic issues. She didn't run on any education issues, even though New Mexico's at the very bottom of the list on, on on most of those fronts. So 
when the Democrats got up there to Santa Fe, the legislature, and they control both houses, handily so, they didn't really have a game plan for what to do. And the governor didn't coordinate. So there wasn't that lockstep at the kind of lower levels of government. But yeah, at the national level, uh, this governor takes her marching orders from Biden and uh, works with Gavin Newsom and, and other prominent left-wing politicians. You know, I was talking about during that last election period, I was talking about how literally the Democrats ran on a platform of abortion. It was just, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So it just kind of makes you wonder that, and, and here's the thing, and kind of like what I talked about at the beginning of the show, it's like a lot of these Democrats that are voting for these people that are, I mean, they're pro-abortion big time. I mean, they're they're pushing the abortion agenda as hard as they possibly can. I mean, they're not just pro-choice, they are pro-abortion. And so they were literally running on that platform, and that's all they talked about. And people, you know, these Democrats, they all just lined up and voted for them. So... So my thoughts on that is that a lot of these people aren't even listening to what these people are saying. They have no idea what they're voting for. And, you know, I, 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 there are people I know, and I'm not going to mention their names, and actually, you know, because if this happens, uh, it's going to be a surprise to these, to these Democrat politicians that are pushing this stuff. But, you know, I suggested, well, why don't we uh, infiltrate the Democrat Party, run some conservatives as Democrats— and then when these mindless voters come to the polls and vote for anybody with a D next to their name, they'll be voting for a conservative. I think that's an interesting strategy. I think you <laughs> have to be very careful with it because uh, the, the Democrats can be really uh, you know, tough on people who they discover are not uh, in line with their uh, approach to these issues. You'd have to really be a good actor in be able to manage to put your personal thoughts behind because uh, there are people uh, still in the Democratic Party in New Mexico and across the country who certainly have moderate viewpoints and aren't necessarily in lockstep, but uh, they have to be very strong in their convictions and have a strong base of political support. I'm not sure that your kind that kind of uh, approach would work in like an Albuquerque or Santa Fe or a Las Cruces, kind of the the liberal hotbeds. Uh, there, there's going to be you know in you know taking it down to the local level. While a lot of our efforts are expended at the state level, uh, we have city council elections coming up in November. Uh, candidates are just getting going with uh, their campaigns and coming out of the woodwork on some of those races. We have school board elections coming up as well. Uh, and, you know, I, ironically, believe it or not, the city council of Albuquerque and the school board are more conservative, I believe, than the legislature of New Mexico, which kind of shows you how far off the legislature has gotten. But uh, those are nonpartisan races. Technically, you can have a little more ideological freedom and you can be registered as a Democrat or an independent and run in some districts and maybe garner some of that, that support. It's also off your elections. So uh, you're not running when Trump is on the ballot or any members of Congress are. These are uh, elections that take place in odd years. And so uh, we have uh, four races, I believe. Isaac Benton, that seat's going to be pretty much impossible to get somebody who's more moderate. Pat Davis, uh, who's leaving as well, he's over by UNM and kind of the university area. There are some reasonable candidates running in that race. Uh, Councilor Bassan, uh, she's a ostensible Republican, very moderate, though. She's uh, so far not had any opposition run uh, against her. And then Trudy Jones is a uh, current city councilor who's retiring in a more Northeast Heights conservative area. And that's the one that I think is the bellwether race for this November. So we've got uh, the thing about the political cycle in New Mexico is that it never ends. Uh, you have new races all the time coming up. And uh, Peggy Muller Aragon is running for reelection for school board. She's my school board member on the mm -hmm. west side of Albuquerque. Great lady. Uh, even though that school board is much better than it used to be, uh, Peggy is still kind of the intellectual thought leader of that school board. And we don't always get what we want out of the APS school board, I can assure you. But right. that's partially right. because the the management of that that district is so fragmented and fractious and you do have you know the governor and the legislature and her PED and other uh, public education department and others uh, that are dictating the policy so the local school board has some power but not 
all the power. So it's really tough to manage that district in a in a way that we would like to see. And uh, a lot of laws passed uh, this session, you know, talking about abortion and transgenderism and those kinds of things. The governor pushed very hard. That's the area that she really continued to push on. Uh, Economically, educationally, it was kind of second thought, uh, afterthought for this governor, but she really focused and had a, a strategy, maybe an evil strategy, but a strategy around uh, abortion, transgender, and voting, and kind of undermining integrity of the voting system. Why do you think these people are so obsessed with transgenderism? I, I, I don't get And this all just started when uh, Biden got into office, and it's like full steam ahead, and suddenly they're taking this very, very fringe community, and they're turning it into a huge issue. I, I Do you think it's just one of those political fo- footballs? They say, hey, why don't we take this because we can use this as a talking point. You think that's what it is? Well, I, I think there is some of that. If I And this isn't an issue that I work on at the Rio Grande Foundation per se. You know, we don't take on that issue. We're much more focused on the economy and education. But certainly this issue has infiltrated our education system. And it's something that concerns me as a parent of three kids in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, one of the things I, I, I think of, and I look at this through the lens of the the nonprofits on that side of the issue. You know, I, I joke that Rio Grande Foundation will always have work to do because government's always going to overspend and they're always going to infringe on your liberties and we're always going to have something to fight against. But if you work for, say, the Human Rights Campaign or one of these left-wing organizations that, uh, I forget when it was, a decade ago under Obama, the Supreme Court came out with the Obergefell decision on uh, you know, gay marriage and uh legalize that. Well, those groups, there's people, paid professionals, fundraisers. It's a it's a big business. Well, they don't suddenly decide, all right, we solved all the gay rights issues in the country. We're we're good. We don't need to do anything more. Uh no, they come up with a new thing that they're going to do and they're going to put their considerable time and resources and uh political power to work and I guess that seems to be the issue. Uh, it's kind of surprising to, uh, as a objective observer, uh, who's you know I'm sympathetic with uh, certainly equal rights for all Americans, no matter their sexual identity and whatnot. But the idea that you should be forcing uh, kids. Girls to you have boys using their bathrooms and this kind of stuff. Uh, it's just, I, I'm stunned that we've gone this this far. But in a sense, it makes it makes sense from the interest group perspective that the, these people are not going to go home to their hobbies and their their jobs and their way of life. They're going to continue to march on into further and further, you know ideological uh, approaches. Well, you know, just like the thing with Bud Light. Uh, Bud Light has destroyed their brand, absolutely destroyed their brand over this whole thing. I, I talked about this last week, and it's like, you know, now Bud Light is, is thought of as the queen of beers. <laughs> and it's like some big guy is not going to, you know, belly up to the bar and, and get a Bud Light. He's going to be made fun of by his friends. And it's like, you know, they're finding some... And I, and I don't think that that's going to go away. Bud Light, and, and I heard somebody mention this um, over the, you know, over the past couple days, Bud Light needs to go out, go out away, go away. They need to go out of business. They need, you know, a point needs to be made here that if you go woke, you're going to go broke. And it's like, you know, look at what happened to Disney. I mean, they've lost a huge uh, share now. And look at what Adidas is doing now. Mm-hmm. It's like these people never learn. It's like, did you not look at what happened to Disney? Did you not look at what happened? To, but people don't want this. No, and even Miller now is, is starting to go woke. Yeah, what is wrong with these Do people? Do they not I, see? What's do, going on? do they no longer have any cell, any any sense of self preservation? That's right. I I, well, I don't get it. Target as well as Target, one. Um, yes. And I think part of it is that there is such ideological unity among these middle manager types. Um, and you know, uh, again, I'm trying to look at this through their field of vision, and they see the social media. Uh, complex and see that area as you know it used to be 
you had what a couple of ad campaigns at a time running on television, maybe different something for cable or whatever. So the, these product managers and advertising agents had a very thorough process, something very straightforward, and they really vetted those ads. Now uh, you have this online area where they can try to let some of their freak flag fly, so to speak. They can push the envelope and try to be edgy. And that's what gets you clicks online is you really uh, push the envelope. And it seems like uh, the folks who are engaged in those online ads in particular uh, really have kind of gotten the keys to – they're the inmates running the asylum in some of these places. And you would think that somebody in in the top management level who has more of an outlook about market share and uh, you know the overall profits of the business would have the ability to kind of put the kibosh on those things, but um, for some reason they either lack the will to do it or the power to do it, and I, I don't know why that is. But yeah, it's harder to find companies that are unwilling to go woke, especially in the consumer kind of uh, kind of field, you know. I mean, Target's a huge company uh, with you know a lot of consumer items there. I mean, yeah, you can go to Walmart and they're maybe a little less woke, but you know, Adidas. I play basketball, so how do you find basketball shoes when the two major companies are very, very woke, hard left? Adidas and Nike. I mean, there are other shoes out there, but it's not easy to find decent basketball shoes outside of those two major companies. Well, it's it's not you're right. It's not easy to push back against this because you have to make sacrifices to do it. You know, for for anybody that's watching our live stream, I, I want to give you an idea when we're talking about Adidas, you know, those of you that may not have seen this. I mean, I want you to see let's see is that not coming across? I'll hold on here. Oh. Oh no, I don't have my laptop hooked up. Bummer. Okay. But if you go to uh, the New York Post ad on Adidas, there's this guy. He's a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not trying to present him as anything else. He's a guy wearing a one-piece women's swimsuit. Right. And, of course, you can obviously see uh, the, the male equipment. The package. The package. <laughs> <laughs> the package. You can see that he's, you can see he's packing, you know. Yeah. And, and, and it's just gross. You know, that's the only word I can. Why, who wants to see this? And it's like, you know, you know, Adidas is doing this. It's like, are they trying to destroy their brand? It's like, you know, are are you going to be able to go, when you're going to buy your next pair of sneakers and you're thinking about Adidas that that image is going to be in your head and you're gonna <laughs> and you're gonna think, oh god, am I, yeah, uh, do I want to do that? I don't know. Do I need you know? a swimsuit? Do yeah. I need a swimsuit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Well, it's pretty easy to avoid buying Adidas swimsuits, and that that's a good thing. Yeah. The, the challenge, of course, is finding non-woke basketball shoes uh, or, or even tennis shoes, and that gets a lot trickier. And it, it seems like that's the strategy is just flood the field. Every corporation do things the same way, broadly be uh, woke. You know, Stella mentioned Miller Lite. And they've got an ad that's maybe not as offensive as the Dylan Mulvaney thing, but certainly uh, not designed to kind of emphasize the quality of their product and the uh, reasons to buy the product, but try to uh, make some very woke political uh, talking points. And yeah, there's there's more beer companies out there. Unfortunately, Yingling doesn't come quite this far to the West. Yingling certainly cashed in uh, and just by being a pro-American beer company, uh, but it is it is tricky, and you really need uh, a, a lot of thought and uh, information in order to try to do your best to shop in a way that's not helping these corporations. Yeah, I, I you know, I can't even. The only thing I can think of is that they're so there's they believe so hard in their woke agenda that nothing you know, nothing else matters to them, and it's like they're not even. I, I don't know. It's it to me. It's almost like a form of of brainwashing or something has been done on these people. Where they they you know self preservation is 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 a is something that even the lowest forms of life 
uh, survive as a species due to self-preservation. And it seems like these people don't have any self-preservation when it comes to their business anymore. You know, like, and, and even... You know, our, our government, the whole idea, look at the kind of, you know, idiots that, that Joe Biden is appointing to, to important cabinet positions. You've got this Sam Britton guy, okay? They, they came out with this thing over the, this past week in which one of the suitcases he stole, uh, this woman is like a fashion designer or something. She had like a one-of-a-kind uh, dress in her suitcase. He stole it, and then he showed up on social media or something wearing this woman's dress that he had stolen. And it's like this this guy, he's not trying to even, you know, he, he says he's non-binary. He's got a mustache and a bald head, and, and he wears bright red lipstick. He just looks like a clown. And yep. yet Joe Biden appointed this guy to an important position in our government. The rest of the world has to be laughing at us right now. They're yeah. hysterical. I mean, you saw when uh, Harris went to Africa to offer them $60 million to promote LGBTQPAI, whatever, and they told him, get out of here and take your money with you. Why, why don't you come and say, to you know, save them from hunger? There's, they need medication. They need, they need everything except the LGBTQ thing. And they actually chased her out with her money and said, Americans are sick and twisted. You know, don't bring that over here. And, and I asked myself, why are people doing this woke thing and why are so many corporations falling for it when they see everybody going down the tube after they do that. Is there some strategy that they're planning? or, or I can't see the sense behind I'm, it. I'm wondering if I'm missing something That's here. what I keep saying. What am I missing? Because how... how I mean, when Coca-Cola first did it and said, we're going to teach you how to be less white, and they lost billions, you'd think everybody would woke up and said, whoa, especially these people who own huge stocks. And, I mean, come on, Budweiser is rich. They have billions of dollars. Well, they used to be. Yeah, well, yeah, well, they're going down the tube. But if they saw that happening when Coca-Cola, why are they all following suit? You know, to be woke, it's insane. I, I don't I don't get it. I think something's going to come up that we're not aware of. We we're just haven't been woken up to it, maybe. I, I don't know. I Paul, know. you look like you want to say something. Well, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's something that, again, people need to educate themselves, figure out where what corporations that they uh, buy from are businesses that they still want to buy from and which have gone completely off the rails because uh, it's hard to make that uh, decision. It's hard to find all that information out and act accordingly and still try to live your life and, you know, buy the things and get the things you need. I think one of the big critical issues here is that historically, People on the left have a hair trigger. They get offended and they get all their friends on social media and they are able to put a dent in a corporation's bottom line for trivial, uh, silly reasons. We see kind of this hysterical reaction that you get on the left all across the board. Uh, Whereas conservatives, they tend to just keep doing what they're doing, live their lives and remain uh, kind of a normal human being and, and don't let the corporations influence what they think and do and say. But at some point, you have to react, and it has to be in a coherent, principled way. And Bud Light happens to be the example right now. There's any number of other corporations that could and should receive the ire. And you know, Pride Month's coming up in June, and we're going to see a lot of push uh, by these by these businesses. Uh, Target's already starting, but it's a corporate thing at this point where they all feel like they can promote very, very out there things without any pushback whatsoever. And so you got to really try to figure out what, who, who you push back against, uh, who's the worst offenders. You know, I don't, I don't believe that the business that they get is going to make up for the business that they lost. No. You know, kind of like the whole situation. Remember Chick-fil-A? Yep. When Chick-fil-A came under attack by the, by the gay community, and then people just decided, oh, Chick-fil-A, everybody's buying Chick-fil-A now. I mean, every time I go buy a Chick-fil-A, they're lined up around the block to, to go. To, mm-hmm. and it's they very actually, discouraging they, trying to get anything. You have to they wait actually do have a really good chicken sandwich. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you know, I tried it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, <laughs> you know, if you're patient and you really want one, you wait through the line, it's like Disneyland. Yeah. You'll, you'll get through there pretty right. quickly. They have people out there taking so orders. So the attack and, on Chick-fil-A yeah. resulted in them getting a lot more business. But the problem is, is you know, even if the entire gay community decides to start drinking Bud Light, it's not going to make up for all that business they lost. It's just not. 
Yeah, and and those groups are not necessarily in agreements about what's happening with some of these, you know, transgender issues. That's not gay and transgender are just factually different things. It's a reality, and uh, completely the idea different. that they all think the same. Again, there's a lot of media narrative. There's a lot of uh, propaganda out there about uh, groups that supposedly all think the same. And, you know, reaching out and also uh, to the extent that you have friends and contacts within these different groups and trying to figure out, you know, women, uh, obviously, the the most notable under attack right now where uh, male athletes change their supposed gender and then win the, win the sporting events. It's, it's really... Uh, Alice in Wonderland stuff. All right, so um, that's going to wrap the first hour. Second hour, we're going to we're going to dig into this Durham report thing. Uh, I want to dig into this uh, sub this uh, select subcommittee uh, that uh, Jim Jordan's heading up. Um, a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, don't go anywhere. It's going to be a really great show. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Beck Marie and Stella. We'll be right back. Freedom. 